Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Are you saying I'm dumb? That was the end of her campaign in my book. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. A dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, everybody, today, Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. You know, I'm tempted to just go with Friday. You know, happy Friday. Let's uh, be of light heart and... Positive spirit. The day of the week is our general manager yeah, I today. I don't know. What do you want to go with? You got Fine to, with me. All sorts of ridiculous news stories kicking around, but I hate to dignify some of them. Um, uh, see, oh, here's two good stories I just heard on the news. We sw- good as in juicy and compelling, or good as in happy? Uh, I thought juicy and compelling. Okay. We're, we're going to try really hard to stay away from, like, uh, the debate in politics that much as best we can. But anyway... Uh, two stories that I really like that I just heard. One, there's a certain model of Kia that's catching fire. Did you hear this story? Uh, you mean very popular or bursting into flame? A bow. I mean, a, a conflagration. Oh, boy. You don't want that. And the most interesting thing about it, this might be the worst warning for a, for a car ever in, uh, in terms of uh, trying to do the PR as the Kia company. But the vehicle will burst into flames even if it's not running. Oh. And so they're warning you don't park it in your garage or near a structure. Oh, boy. Even if it's off, it might just start on fire at some point. <sighs> so that's the a, Kia grenade. That's, a, that's, the, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I'd say, wow, I know nothing about this. I hesitate to say anything because they have attorneys. Right. And uh, and then the other story I heard is Costco has decided to crack down on people who are using the food court without a membership. Yeah. Which, as a Costco member, I'm happy to hear, because I don't want just any riffraff this, uh, joining me in a $1.50 jumbo hot dog and drink. Right. Costco is the gated community of stores. Yeah, it's a certain class of person that wants a $1.50 jumbo hot dog and right, drink. Right, You can't just, just have anybody. Screams class. Wandering it off the street to enjoy that. It's really the Mortons of hot dog. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that, actually. I, I never had the guts to try to get past the... Uh, but I've always had a membership. So. You're such a rule right. follower. I am. I am a rule follower. Yeah, he's, he's Probably a, sit at your assigned seats in concerts, too. Uh, absolutely. Timid, <laughs> timid little man. I'm laughing at you. Are you going to take that? <laughs> and uh, I'm going to continue to follow the rules. I think I'm addicted to the conflict from the debate the other night. I want to whip it up wherever I go. Mm. I want people sniping at each other and accusing each other of stuff. And then, you know, answering the charge badly. Oh, and then I heard a review to continue to stay away from the news of the day. I heard a review about the upcoming uh, Better Call Saul episodes as the se- as it comes back. Yes. After a year and a half yes, since yes. it's been on the air. Yes. Ages. Ages. And uh, I just heard clips from it, and I've only seen two episodes ever. And I heard clips from it, and I thought, i got to get back into that show. That oh, sounds really good. It's so funny. It's so clever. It's so quirky-licious. Is this the best spinoff in the history of television? Because Breaking Bad is considered by some people the best show ever made on television. Yeah. And then you take a character and make another show, and the critics love it to death. 
Laverne and Shirley, another nominee. Yeah, I suppose. Back in the day, I don't. I don't know. That's uh, that's it's fabulous. I'll tell you that. That is something. Although you know, humor is in the eye of the beholder. A it's lot of humor. people will tune in and, I, and not like it. I didn't even realize it was humor. Oh yeah, it's a that's humorous a show. Very. Oh, it's 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 dramedy. Yes, yes. It uses comedy to kind of break tensions, but it's 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 not all. There's no laugh track, for instance. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Is there, is, there, is, there show, is there like a catchphrase? Kiss my grits! And then everybody laughs every episode. <laughs> I like that. That's in the law! <laughs> everybody can catch up, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's right! I'm a lawyer! Hey! <laughs> that's what it's like, pretty much. That's a nonstop. Pretty, pretty good rendition of Better Call Saul right there. A lot of people busting in and out of doors and yelling. Yeah, that's Confusing, right. Confusing, like, girlfriends who look alike and oh, dating scenarios. All and, the time. Yeah, stuff all like the time. A, oh, you got to love that sort of comedy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the, the Democratic debate the other night, which we weren't going to mention, highest rated Democratic debate ever. What? Which is wow. it, interesting. It makes me wonder why. And it wasn't that far short of the highest rated Republican debate of all time, which I'll bet you can guess what it was. Debate number one with Trump on the stage. Oh, right. So the right. highest rated Democratic debate of all time is debate number one with Bloomberg on the stage. We what? just like New York billionaires on our debate stages. It's hard to admit this. I'm more excited about the first debate, the general election, when it comes then better call Saul. <laughs> well, I mean, Trump versus whomever. Yeah, Unless uh, Trump is removed for colluding with Russia, which is in the, the narrative from the WAPO and the New York Times today, it may be one of their most ridiculous narratives yet. Well, um, we'll touch on it just so you know what's going on. Let's introduce everybody on the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. Got to admit, I'm the Costco food court junkie. I do love the uh, cheeseburger that they have. And I've never I, even had their cheeseburger. It's really good. I'm either the hot dog or the pizza. Yeah. It's huge, but, I mean, it's two great patties. Of course it's huge. It's, it's fantastic. goes without saying. You repeat yourself. Costco, huge. Go on. And Donald Trump is definitely our funniest president ever. Uh, we were loading up clips this morning, and we were Hanson and I were laughing out loud. We can't believe this stuff is coming from the president of the United States. <laughs> he was rolling at his rally in Colorado last night, and we will play clips on it. He, he he weighs in on the Oscars and all kinds of different things. The Oscars, yeah. And and as always, you got to wonder: Did he have any intention of doing that, or did it just pop into his head while he was standing there on stage? You have no idea. I maintain nope. he gets elected because he's just more entertaining than anybody else. That's part of his theory. No doubt about it. Um, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, went to a sports ball game last night. Went to an NBA basketball game. Uh, it is by far my favorite sport. I love seeing it live. It is incredible. But uh, the last... it was Too one much of those, scoring. It was one of those games where the last two minutes took 25 minutes real time. Right, right, right. And I don't know what you can do about it because strategically the both teams are doing what they should be doing to try to win, but it, it just grinds down to a... Yeah. You, you, you smell the brake dust on the thing. Yeah, yeah. That is one thing about the NBA. So much of it is about that last minute on the clock. Oh, yeah, boy. And if both teams are fouling... And... Yeah, calling timeouts and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now Oof. they got challenges. There were a couple real oh, okay. that's where I'm out. challenges. That's where I'm out. Yeah, you gotta, oh, I hate that in all sports. I guess sports fans love it. I hate it. You're driving away the casual sports fan, I'll tell you that. Screw it, I'm out. Yeah, you can actually appeal a foul call now. Yeah. Oh, boy. And they're, you know, oh, my well, God. you only get a couple of them. Well, you'd use, but why wouldn't you use them all in every close game? At the end, certainly. 
Yeah, I don't Oh, God, that's terrible. I didn't know that. You got to make it so that, uh, you know, if the call does not get reversed, the ref gets to punch the coach in the face. Something. Got to be a strict penalty. Exactly. This is a brainstorming session. We're not rejecting anything (laughs) yet. There are no dumb ideas, only dumb people. Right. That's what I like to say. Yeah, and I'm looking at you. (laughs) Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Friday, as Joe said. Our general manager, February 21st, the year 2020. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this year program. All right, then. Let's begin officially, according to FCC. Rules regs at Mark. They want to use wind, 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 blow, wind, please, please. Please, blow. Please, please keep the birds away from those windmills. Please. Tell those beautiful bald egos, no, no, a bald ego. <laughs> you know, if you shoot a bald ego, they put you in jail for a long time. But the windmills knock them out like crazy. It's true. <laughs> Anyways, in on the Oscars later and a whole bunch of other stuff. And of course, <gasps> he runs through the Democratic candidates that were on the debate stage. Uh, one by one, which is good stuff also. That guy's at my cocktail party. I say, wow, that's okay. That's interesting. Listen, I really ought to circulate. I ought to make the rounds. He makes your party way more entertaining. I got to mingle. Michael Bloomberg shows up to your party. <laughs> that's no party. Or the snacks. <laughs> oh, hey, look, what size is that soda you're drinking? It looks awful <laughs> large to me. <laughs> Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's uh, very nice, very nice. There's an emerging theme. People are a little stirred up about a particular issue that we will get to. Okay, we'll uh, we'll touch on all that stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. More clips from Trump's uh, freewheeling rally in Colorado last night. Coming up on the show and uh, catching you up to speed on everything that's going on out there. The caucus in Nevada is tomorrow, and there's all kinds of indications that it it could be just as messed up as Iowa was. That would be something. You wouldn't think that'd be possible when you you had the heads up like that. I don't dare hope. (laughs) Right. I mean, I don't want to raise my expectations. Lower, lower, raise, raise, lower them. Ah. Gotta admit, I'll be disappointed if it goes smoothly. Yeah, I know it. I know. Which is weird. Because <laughs> that's not good for anybody. Chaos and ugliness. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, hey, listen, uh, mailbag coming up in a moment or two. But ladies and gents, let's all enjoy this together. It's a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Gentlemen, start your engines. Baby. Bloomberg must be the front runner because liberals are calling him a racist. <laughs> Keep booing. That's how you lost the last election. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. If I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. 
Believe in yourself. Pursue with a passion. You can accomplish anything. Nobody just says the obvious. Bernie, you're full of it. None of this is going to get passed. You're going to be a miserable president, frustrated from the first day. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. What a wonderful country we have. The best-known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What I miss here? Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. Mayor Bloomberg, that he was the first time up on the stage, on a debate stage with this group, how would he respond? They tore the skin off him yesterday, uh, yeah. last night in Las Vegas. It's a, a rough metaphor. Liz, Liz has raised $5 million off that debate, which is uh, just an astounding amount of money wow. in that short of time. Politics is so strange. Yeah. Kind of amusing to watch, and if you don't stop and think about the fact that a lot of these numbskulls are going to, you know, pass policies that change your life. But it's the best system we got, folks. Don't be discouraged. Mailbag. Ten ways people screw off at work each day. I've already gotten four or five down. Okay. This morning, checking the boxes. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day sent along uh, by Ian and Tijuana from Ronald Reagan. I love this. We must reject the idea that every time a law is broken, society is guilty, not the lawbreaker. It is time to restore the American precept that each individual is accountable for his own actions. I, I've always believed that firmly. The There are a lot of you know policies, and they often come from the progressive point of view, that infantilize people. They they say you're not responsible responsible for your own life in a hundred ways. You're not responsible for your own sins. You know, somebody made you do it or society made you do it or whatever. You're not responsible for feeding yourself. You're not responsible for feeding your children, for housing yourself. We'll just take care of you. We'll powder your little bottom and, and live for you. I just, He's I, like a little baby. You know, granted, I'm kind of an inpe- independent-minded fella, but I just I find that incredibly paternalistic and insulting. But uh, a lot of people think that that's the, what the government ought to do. Let's see. Why don't we just uh, just uh, take this on right now? You heard it in clips of the week. Charlie uh, has a writes out the hole in the sky lyrics, <clears throat> then says, "I have gray matter all over my shirt." Thanks. It's uh, his brain is leaking out. Mm. His nose. I There's believe. a hole in the sky where the tree once was. And somebody's mm-hmm. making money. Good lord! And uh, how about uh, Lydia from Tennessee? <clears throat> Thank you for addressing the fact that the hole in the sky where the tree once stood is, in fact, quite possibly the worst earworm song ever conjured up by mankind. There's a hole in the sky (laughs) where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. I was brushing my teeth before I went to bed last night. All I could think about was, somebody making money. Somebody's making money. This caused an involuntary thought to flash before my mind. What if this one is stuck for good? What if this song haunts me, popping into my brain unannounced and unwelcome for the rest of my life? The idea was horrifying. Somebody's making money. It's like the girl who had hiccups for six years. Right. What if this gets stuck in there? Exactly. So listen to this, though. Her husband had not heard the show yet, so he had no idea uh, about it. And she was thinking of singing it to him so he could understand, but decided to spare him the pain. That's a beautiful relationship. That's a good woman right there. 
Uh, and she says, uh, may the A&G audience commiserate together over this song that should have never seen the light today. <laughs> Misery loves company. It should be comforting. We're all enduring this together. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's see. Kathy writes, was working in the yard today pulling weeds. <clears throat> Couldn't get the tree song out of my head. I started singing, there's a hole in the ground where the weed once was. <laughs> Before I cleared out my yard. <laughs> thanks for such, thanks for the motivational music for such a tedious task. Oh, it's our pleasure, uh, Kathy. A lot of the ladies writing in today. That's nice. That's nice. It's amazing how often things from the Seattle City Council end up on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whether it's crackpot speeches or songs or whatever, or or the politicians. Uh, the city of Seattle, which I love, much like the city of Portland, which I love, and the city of San Francisco, likewise, uh, have become museums of wackadoodleness. I mean, just uh, you can't go anywhere without witnessing just hardcore wackadoodle tree. Let's see. Do we have time for this? Uh, yes, that's, uh, oh, uh, Anonymous wrote a uh, hip-hop remix of it uh, that goes, There's some Taco Bell rappers where the food once was. Somebody smoking chronic. And that officially ends the discussion of this song. That's there you not go. very good. But he, he also said, you guys were dissing Mark Zuckerberg for blow-drying his armpits. Yeah. As a, cyper, uh, as a sufferer, rather, of hyperhidrosis, excessive sweating, I can empathize. Maybe he just suffers from this uh, condition. Huh. Yeah, excessive. We shouldn't mock a man. It's for... just not a princess in the pea billionaire thing. No, he's he's uh, hyper sweaty. Mm, we don't know that. Or maybe his conscience, shriveled and small as it is, is you know making him sweat. We don't know. Trump on the Oscars next. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Used to spend my nights out in ballroom. By the way, how bad were the Academy Awards this year? Did you see? By the way. <laughs> and the winner is a movie from South Korea. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> we got enough problems with South Korea with trade. On top of it, they give him the best movie of the year. Was it good? I don't know. You know, I'm looking for, like, where, where, let's get Gone with the Wind. Can we get, like, Gone with the Wind back, please? Wow. Sunset Boulevard. So many great movies. The winner is from South Korea. I thought it was Best Foreign Film, right? Best Foreign Movie. No, it was the button. Did this ever happen before? <laughs> he, goes on, he goes on. And then you have Brad Pitt. I was never a big fan of his. He got up and said a little wise guy statement. Little wise guy. He's a little wise guy. (laughs) I like the way he started the Oscar thing. This is Trump at uh, Colorado rally yesterday to help some Republican and just to get people jazzed up. Rally for the Screen Actors Guild Awards. I like the way he starts it with. By the way, did you see the Oscars the other night? What was that? (laughs) That's fantastic. Wow. Didn't we? We used to say that about Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was the governor of California. He would much that rather didn't have actually happened, did it? I know. Yes, I know. It's like a fever dream. He would much rather land a punchline than legislation. He, yes, he was. He lived for getting a laugh, uh, much more than any progress for the state. Phony Austrian disappointment. That's something. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's something. South Korean movie. What the hell was that? We got enough problems with them. Do we? I didn't what? know that. Yeah, what ever happened movies that Gone with the Wind, huh? Gone with the Wind? <laughs> that was 80 years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's fantastic. Wow. Oh, boy. You know, there's one of the great tragedies of the century going on, and nobody's paying any attention. Do you want to hear about that? No, but nobody wants to hear about that. Not particularly. Are you talking about Syria? Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it will, well, it's almost certainly going to end up being the big humanitarian tragedy of this century so far. Um, and it's getting, uh, how many people listening right now are even aware it's happening as a percentage? One percent? Be pretty dang low, I guarantee you that. What is Aleppo? They have been bombing the crap. The Russians and the Syrians have been bombing the crap out of this last city where there's still resistance to the government. And just just carpet bombing in the place. I mean, just mm-hmm. everything. Everything. Stores, hospitals, schools, everything. And now they're closing in on the place and the people are on the run. And there are a million people that have fled the city. And they're headed toward the Turkish border. And Turkey has said, you ain't coming here, and they've dug trenches and put up walls, and they have been shooting people that get too Uh close. So they're being chased by Assad and Russia, Putin, uh, and their machine guns, headed toward a border where at least Turkey for now is saying, we're going to shoot you if you try to get in. So what's going to happen with that million people they had got here in the Wall Street Journal carrying uh, his little girl under one arm and his little boy on another arm? Yeah, and it's cold as heck, and food and water's running really short for a lot of these people. Yeah, Yeah, but if if you have a stressful day or start to complain about traffic or your boss gave you a project right at 4 o'clock and you're going to go home, anything like that, think about about that situation. Yeah, that's actually, that's kind of an inside joke around here when, when one of us starts whining, you know, hey, I'll alert the Syrians to your suffering. Uh, it's rather a dark joke and probably inappropriate, but yeah, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. Are, is, uh, I don't know what could possibly be done about it. But is the UN going to make a giant statement? I mean, is the, does NATO? Does anybody make a statement today and say, "Hey, Turkey, a member of NATO, don't shoot all these people"? Yeah, yeah. Or well, hey, Syrian Russia, <clears throat> stop shooting these people from behind. Well, you can say that, but unless you want to go in with right. guns and stop them, it's not going to do any good. Although, you know, just it would be nice to hear it said. I guess. You know, I, I heard, and it was the, the weakest sort of uh, <clears throat> anti-Trump commentary on one of the, one of the uh, dumb resistance channels today, but they were t- talking about, you know, I'm really concerned. They were talking about Afghanistan. That the, the president is hastily rushing for the exit to fulfill his uh, campaign promise, and it is possible if the U.S. were to withdraw too much, the Afghanistan would uh, go back to a civil war, and and we'd be responsible, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what, are you serious? Number one, Afghanistan has been in more or less a civil war for hundreds of years, and or a weird tribal society. Number two, with what's going on in Syria, you're not concerned about that. Well, it's tough to bash Trump over it. You know what that uh, you know what the Syrian people ought to do to save themselves is somehow have it make Trump look bad if they get saved. Then suddenly, a huge sector of the American populace would have a great interest in saving the Syrians to make Trump look bad. The New York Post and the Washington uh, or New York Times and Washington Post would lead with those stories every single day. Did, so did you have you been following this New York Times thing with the uh, the op-ed piece by the Taliban al Qaeda guy? Uh, Are you following that story? No, boy, it's gotten a heck of a lot of pushback from some people. 
So, a uh, guy from the Haqqani family, his dad is part of the Haqqani network that yeah. started the whole thing. So, one of your leading, the, one of the ten most wanted terrorists on earth by the United States. The FBI considers him a, a, a terrorist and a threat to America, and there's a $10 million bounty on his head or whatever. Mm. The New York Times <laughs> let him publish an op-ed piece in the New York Times. That's questionable to start with. Wow. But the fact that it's all spin... And, and well, lies. It's lies about how things have gone, their involvement with al-Qaeda, their role in being partners with Osama bin Laden, mm-hmm. their role in killing U.S. soldiers. It's not true. So wh- why would the New York Times allow somebody from the Taliban slash al-Qaeda to, print, to, to write an op-ed that's spin for their behalf wow. in the New York Times? That's astounding. It's horrifying. It is horrifying, and, and a lot of people are trying to figure out what did the New York Times think they were accomplishing there? They've become a platform for the Haqqani Network? Yeah. That's disgusting. Are they actually now anti-American? I don't call people that just because they don't like my politics or whatever. I just... It's, uh, no, well, it's Steve just Hayes from the Dispatch thinks they got played, that they just, like, didn't do their research and understand who they were dealing with. No! So, uh, really? they, they and a number of other news outlets have been uh, forwarding around the internet the poster from the FBI on this guy. Hey, don't take our word for it. This isn't spin. This is the FBI poster. This is what who this guy is right. that wrote the op-ed piece that's in the New York Times today where he says the reason we're fighting you is because you invaded our country and this and that and all that kind mm. of crap. And leaving out the fact that they, uh, the, 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 they were working with Osama bin Laden up until the point he died. Right, right. Wow. Okay. That's what's shocking. going on there? It is shocking. Uh, you know, it's funny when you uh, said that you heard about the the narrative in the New York Times, the opinion piece. Uh, I thought you were going to go with the story about uh, the the Russians seeking to mess with the 2020 election on behalf of Trump, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But it was there were some of the most striking and and raw dishonesty. By the CNNs and MSNBCs of the world I've ever heard, because I was flipping around, I heard the story on both channels, and they both said that the uh, House Intelligence Committee, the infamous House Intelligence Committee run by Adam Schiff, had been uh, briefed by the old DNI uh, saying that, uh, yeah, Putin and his gang are, are trying to intercede in the election on behalf of Trump, and that uh, Devin Nunes went to the White House and told Trump about it, and Trump was angry and yelled at the DNI and, and, and was angry that he had briefed the House and disclosed that Putin was trying to help him. Everybody spun the story the same way. And then of all places, I flipped to Nakedly Progressive Radio, NPR, and they said, and Trump yelled at the DNI and said, why did I have to hear about this through a congressman? Which is a completely different story. He wasn't yelling about the existence of the intelligence. He was yelling that he wasn't personally briefed earlier. But, you know, that's your, your CNNs and MSNBCs. They're full. They're just editorial pages at this point. Masquerading as news. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I don't really get into those stories just because I have no idea what's true and what's not. So well, I don't know. I don't know how, how or why I would respond to it. It's all anonymous sources. You know, source close to the the White House, close to the DNI, whatever. There's been so many of these that have turned out to not be true or things not be true over the years. I just, I don't even know. 
I don't know. It's, it's like just, arguing. It's like boxing smoke. What's the point? Well, yeah. Well, it was it was striking though that they they were going like full on Mueller report big on that this morning. It's just unreal. Not to give you whiplash because this one you can understand clearly. The op ed in the New York Times by Taliban's deputy leader named Sirjadin Hakani. Um, uh, we'll, um, I'll, I'll retweet that and we can Sorry, post it to the website wrong, and we'll post it to the website, the wanted poster from the FBI on this guy. And in the op-ed, he blames America for the war in Afghanistan, writing, we did not choose a war with the foreign coalition led by the United States, ignoring the Taliban's role in harboring and assisting Al Qaeda and this guy and his dad's particular own personal relationships with, with uh, Osama bin Laden and Al Qaeda. And the New York Times allowed him to publish the spin. Right. Right. How do you justify that? Uh, and don't forget that when the terrorist of this guy, that, that part of his character leaves off, the Muslim fundamentalist who 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 practices horrific acts of, of torture and subjugation and all against women and girls and and anybody who doesn't subscribe to his brand of of Islam, it's this. There could it's hard to imagine a more loathsome human being. It's pretty interesting. You remember when uh, Brett Stevens, columnist for the New York Times, and you probably don't know who he is. That's fine. But anyway, he was at the Wall Street Journal, and they hired him to be an, an opinion columnist in the New York Times. And New York Times people went crazy because you're getting a right winger. The staff and the, the and the, the the readers, yeah, went berserk. Because a right winger was going to be on the New York Times, you're going to support right wing, and he's he's barely to the right. It's like Mitt Romney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you allow this uh, an, a, a Taliban leader who 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 rapes children and beats women and all the, this guy gets to write an article. What the hell's going on there? Anyway, um, that's probably enough of that on a Friday. I mean, our general manager was it's Friday, right? It was our general manager? And boy, the New York Times has sunk to depths, deep, we, deep depths. We've got more of Trump in Colorado and some of the things he was saying because he was on a roll last night. Also, employees do ten non-work related tasks in the office each day. I'm just disgusted in all of you people. You don't have your nose to the grindstone from 9 to 5 or 8 to 5. Or Sorry, what was that? I was tweeting. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hit you with those coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. More Trump at his rally in Colorado coming up a little bit later as he went through the candidates on the Democratic stage one by one. Oh, boy. Typical Trump way. Highest rated Democratic debate uh, ever. ever. Not just this season, ever. Wow. With 20-some million people tuning in the other night. And I, I don't know if it's because Bloomberg was in it or just have reached the point where people have thought, okay, I got to pay attention now. This is important. I don't know. I don't know which it is. Uh, these two stories clearly go together. Employees do 10, at least 10 non-work-related tasks in the office each day. Wow. Fits in with this other story. More and more companies go into the four-day work week. And it's actually based around the idea that people are screwing off enough that if they stopped screwing off, they could get all their work done in four days. Hmm. Four eight-hour days. Instead and of then they would have that fifth day, presumably, to do the things that they are doing at work? Well, do whatever you want at home. Um, 
But I'm just asking. You can't how do, do you, how everything do you... at work. You can't uh, probably can't trim your toenails. You could do that at home. I've oh. done that. You have at work? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I'm looking at the list of things people do at work. And some of them are kind of funny. Uh, and some of them are not, you know, going through your personal mail. Uh, not surprising. Clothes shopping. Okay, yeah. Give me a break. Um, making restaurant bookings. Yeah. How long does that take? Booking a dental appointment. Instant messaging friends, browsing Facebook. People browse Facebook at work. Oh, my. Oh, my. It's incredible. Printing off concert tickets. Booking a doctor's appointment. I like this one. Googling a medical condition you have or suspect you have. That's just sensible. <laughs> Do it all the time. Lower sensible back precaution. Pain. Oh, my God, it's cancer. Oh, boy. Internet cancer. Using the photocopier for your own stuff. Oh, Lord. No flipping way. What? Some of you people are doing that. Boy, I don't even want to look at you. Jones, you owe this company an eighth of a cent for the paper you used. Paying bills, checking your bank account, doing banking online. Uh, no way. Browsing non-work-related websites. Get out! There's the door! <laughs> <laughs> Number one on this list is checking the weather. I don't uh, see. I still don't understand. Raining today? <laughs> it must be nice outside. <laughs> I, I wonder what I go outside. I wonder what people who go outside are doing. <laughs> but I don't understand how making it a four day work week would help, though. Wouldn't you just screw around for four days a week instead well, of five? Actually, they don't because they. Uh, I assume these are the kind of jobs where you've got cl- fairly clearly defined duties and whether you got them done. Mm-hmm. That would only work in that case, right? And uh, actually, at one of these uh, companies where they tried it, the company didn't police how workers spent their time but if performance slipped after they went to the four-day work week they were going to go back to the five-day work week and they stayed motivated based on that look you like the four-day work week the things better not start to trail off or we're going back right and people stuck with it concept is gaining gaining ground all over the world and making inroads in some american companies many employers aren't just moving to 10-hour shifts four days a week like i originally thought it would be it's just four eight-hour shifts, but people don't screw around as much. I wonder if we've just developed over the years more screwing around than used to exist, and now we've got a whole work day's worth of screwing around that happens, so they can eliminate a day. For me, at least that. Yeah, yeah, we know. I don't don't think there's any doubt we've become a more self-indulgent species. Plus, it's easier to screw around with uh, computers. Oh, my goodness, yeah. What were you going to do? Open up a copy of Moby Dick in the office uh, earlier and start, you know, reading or... Or have, just, a, have a big console television in your office and hope nobody notices? Or get on the phone and have out loud conversations about your bank account or your car insurance or whatever it is you're doing right. online. With your big heavy AT&T phone? Yeah. Hello? Um, last uh, month, a Washington state senator introduced a bill in Washington to reduce the standard work week to 32 hours. Shake Shack has started testing the idea a year and a half ago. And they shortened their manager's work week to four days at some stores and found that recruitment spiked, especially among women, because people like the idea of being able to uh, take their kid to school one day a week or not having to pay for daycare one day a week or that sort of thing. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it really, a lot of it seems to be uh, based on the fact that we're screwing around enough that you can make this work, that the company doesn't really lose anything from you mm-hmm. and, and, and you can get your work done. Yeah. yeah interesting. Well, incentives and disincentives. I mean, that's that third day of the weekend, man, I'd, I'd be willing to hump it. Quarter a little bit this, harder for my employee to, to get that. It's a big difference to get to a point where, because our current weekend structure, you either work yesterday or work tomorrow. 
And I'm so sorry. There's never a decompression day in the middle. That's right. Why. Oh, That's, no, no, no. I hear that. Yeah. It's amazing how a three-day weekend feels yeah. so much different than a two-day work day. It's just not even close. They're different universes. I'm sorry I started laughing in the midst of Sean's penetrating commentary, but <laughs> you know how there are uh, uh, car chases all the time in L.A. that get constant coverage on the news? Well, there's a bear wandering around an L.A. suburb, um, and they have live team coverage of it as if it is a car chase. And they just I keep glancing at the TV, and I keep <laughs> watching this bear meander from you know the garage over to the front yard. He looks around a little, meanders out to the sidewalk. <laughs> it's just like a live coverage of a meandering bear. Like a UCLA Bruin, or more like a uh, an actual brown bear? No, this is this is a BFB. Mm-hmm. There's a local resident. Bear, you're breaking it. You're breaking my kayak. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes, it's a large bear. It appears to be, uh, I don't know, a good 250-pounder. I don't weigh a lot of bears, but one, <laughs> that's what I guess. One more thing on this. So the researcher that's been studying this, core to this is that people are not productive for every hour, every minute of every day they're in the office. Not a surprise to anybody. Okay. But also, s- simply slashing the number and duration of meetings saved a huge amount of time. <laughs> so it's both ends. The employees are wasting time, but hey, bosses, you've been wasting our time with meetings that didn't need to happen or didn't need to be that long. And so... I'll stop wasting my time. You start wasting my time. We'll come together and work four days a week. How many, you know that's happening. How many bosses are the sort of person we all know who just likes to have the floor so much? They will just babble on and on just to keep the floor, you know, just to keep the attention on the oh, captive audience. Makes I me say. crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, please, please. Can I get back to my mindless tasks? That was my favorite part of being a, uh, a teacher when I was in a, doing the grad school thing. Captive audience. They got to sit there and listen. Oh, they got yeah. no choice. Yeah. You people are going to listen to me. and Listen good. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.